1999. Elian Gonzalez arrives in Miami on a raft, causing national headlines as to who has custody over the boy. The Panama Canal, under control of the United States since 1903, gives it back to the people of Panama, effective noon on December 31st. And Keanu Reeves learns Kung Fu in 15 seconds. <laughs> We're keeping it. <laughs> GameZillaMedia.com It's time for the last action podcast. Pop it with hot shot. Hey, motherfucker. I feel the need. The need for speed. Please, we can kill it. I have come here to chew bubblegum and kick ass. And I'm all out of bubblegum. Welcome, everybody, to the last action podcast. The person that screws up how to say people's names is I, the Sphinx. And with me, as always, LPJ. Hello. (laughs) Jerk. And also with us, as always... Hovercraft Joe! What up, guys? This this episode is already off to an amazing start. It really is. This is what happens when I suggest that you start and drive, and, and you're mm-hmm. like, no, I think I'm just going to talk for the Matrix. Why don't you control the board? Exactly. That's what you get. That I, is what I get. I think it's our best opening yet. I thought it was pretty good. I don't know. What about the Challenger? <laughs> God. <laughs> Yeah, that, that that was a great one. Really started off the episode amazing. <laughs> yeah, no, well, I know. Was that aliens that, that yeah, you decided to tell everyone that a bunch of people died in real life? Yeah, that was fantastic. <clears throat> Anywho, it's not 1986. <laughs> it's better than that uh, that lady that fucked a bear. <laughs> <laughs> Is that one even aired yet? <laughs> well, at the time, this one airs. Oh, yeah, that's right. Yeah, okay. <laughs> Seriously, we're bringing it back because I love this movie and I want to talk about it. We are okay. talking about 1999's The Matrix. Warner Brothers, March 31st. <laughs> Warner Brothers? I said Warner Brothers. Warner Brothers. Warner Brothers? You know what? Shut the fuck up. <laughs> God damn it. This is going to happen today, isn't it? This is going to happen. <sighs> Everyone has already stopped listening to this episode because they know where it's going to go. <laughs> Can you pull it together? Oh my god, he can't. <laughs> okay, uh, well, while, so. while he's pulling it together, <laughs> uh, I have the uh, release date on this as March 31st, 1999. Dude, I just said that. Oh, shoot. <laughs> You're just as bad right now. I literally just said that. <sighs> okay. Oh, shit. All right. Um, <laughs> I don't even know where to go at this point. Um, so we're talking uh, about The Matrix. Yeah, we're, let's start off with... First time we saw this or impact this movie has had because this is a very large influential movie uh, within the last 20 years. Without a doubt. Which, which that's why we're doing the movie today. Right. Because this is the 20 year anniversary of The Matrix, which is crazy to think of. But yeah, 20 years. <laughs> so one of you want to go first or uh, you can, you can I'll go, go first. Yeah. I, I don't remember. It. I know I saw this in the theater when it came out. I don't know if it was opening night or not, but I absolutely saw it in the theater, and then I ended up seeing it, believe it or not, a second time, kind of in the theater. I was in Florida, and the resort we were at had this small movie theater, and they showed it. So I saw it, ended up seeing it, I guess, technically twice in the theater. Wow. Fantastic. Yeah. And yeah. it blew my mind when I saw it. And I, Joe, you take it from here. Uh, I, you know, I, honestly, I did not see this in the theaters. Um, my first, uh, viewing or, or memory of seeing this was on DVD and I, and I remember this because it was uh, freshly after I'd bought my first DVD player, uh, which for those of you who don't remember back in 99 were gigantic and cost like $200. They were big. But you did usually get like five free movies when you bought them. Yep. Um, and I can still remember four of the five that I got for free. I can't remember some of the, I know I got Stargate and Lethal Weapon 4. And something dumb like, I don't know, it was some dumb romantic comedy. I remember Fool's Russian, The Mass, Jackal, and Analyze This. I don't remember what the other one was. Uh-huh. That's neither here nor there. No. no. <laughs> um, I did not see this in the theater. I was 13. Um, however, just like you, Joe, um, I think this was the first DVD my dad ever bought, to be quite honest. Because um, it's the first one I remember anyway. And that's exactly how I saw it. Um I don't know. This movie, it just kind of hit me at the right time, like watching it, because this is one of those. It, it kind of reminds me, like you two were talking about a few weeks ago, like T two, like how much love you guys had for that movie, and yeah. you know, I I still loved it too. But 
Like you guys had a lot of nostalgia tied to it. This movie gives me a ton of nostalgia. Yeah. Um, and I think I, that's that's yeah. a, that's a case. You know, with a lot of movies, I think they hit you at the right time, and yeah. they they kind of are impactful to you in a way that maybe not even to other people just because it's the right time for you to kind of take this in yeah it just blew me away i remember me and my friends you know we'd always be talking about it the special effects were so cool um i had the game on xbox whichever (laughs) enter the matrix i think it was called Mm -hmm. um which was cool because it had the effect where you could do the slow-mo stuff while you're playing the game um yeah i just it was great you know and i think one of the other reasons why this was as big on dvd is this was one of the first DVDs that really had a, an expansive behind-the-scenes mm-hmm. selection on it. Like, I remember watching every single one of the features. Like, I, I sat for probably three hours and watched every single feature, yeah. like, start to finish. Yeah. Uh, movie is directed and written by the Wachowski brothers, which we do have to say they are now just known as the Wachowskis. Right. Um, yeah, you can look that up uh, about why that is, but they pretty much are now they're transgender. So, um, but they are known to do some other movies. Other ones, I well, one other one that I really like, which is V for Vendetta. But then they also did um, Cloud Atlas and Jupiter Ascending, which uh, I did not know. Yeah, that. I, I mean, I know that those movies exist. I I don't think I've ever heard anyone speak too kindly of V for Vendetta. Was pretty good. Cloud Atlas was not good. Yeah, V for Vendetta. Did yes, they? Do, so. I didn't realize they. I oh, thought wait. somebody else directed that. I know they maybe wrote, they directed, they, but they wrote. They wrote it. They wrote it. Yeah, yeah. but they didn't direct it. I don't think. You know what they did direct though was the uh, Speed Racer movie. They did. They <laughs> that did. was that was their follow up to all the Matrix movies. Yeah, which is I I I remember seeing that movie. I guess I don't have an opinion. I had to watch it again. I didn't see it with you. Guys. I, I think it's weird. I own it on DVD though. So yeah, I, I, that's definitely not a movie I saw. Yeah, they um, they must. I don't know. I mean, obviously, this movie is a lot of thinking. And I, if I had to guess, I feel like the two of them are very intellectual. Because did you hear the story about how this movie like got approved? Like how it was a go? Uh, I've heard bits and pieces. Like in my research, I know that they had to do they 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 gave books to the to the principal cast. Yeah, that's later on. Mm-hmm. I mean, like how they got greenlit for the movie. So they were oh, working yeah. on a script for the film Assassins, which is the first one they did. And apparently, they sold that movie and more so well that the studio actually said, you can do that movie, and we're going to give you a contract for two more. <laughs> and Matrix was the other one. I can't tell you what the third film was. but um, Right? Like, you walk into a meeting, well, no, like, was trying bound. to pitch. Was the second, the second okay. movie was Bound, yeah. and that became a critical hit. Okay. And then, uh, and based was- on that, they were given the green light to develop the Matrix, and initially, they weren't... Yeah, they were working on it for several years. They were in it for several years, and initially, it wasn't uh, wasn't sold at first, I don't think. Well, for, And they brought in those uh, comic book artists. Yeah, which was crazy, too, right? Yep. So they had these comic book artists make a 600-page storyboard to explain the film <laughs> to pretty much everyone, mm-hmm. to, to the studio, to the actors that were yep. going to be in it, um, to get a true idea of it, so... That's that's crazy. What what I found really interesting, I guess, and not you know knowing a lot of the background of this movie is just looking up that like even once it got the green light, like the budget on this movie is not. I mean, for what you see on screen and for for how kind of intense and kind of like detailed of movie it is, like sixty three million dollars, like that's not that much. No, they, that is not much. They made a heck of use of their budget on this one, right? Did you did you read like how they made that work? I'm sure I touched yep. on some of it, but they filmed the entire thing in Australia. That's yeah, right, oh, yeah. that's right. Yeah, 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 yeah. So, and that was kind of part of the deal. They're like, if you're going to do a movie like this, then it's going to be way too expensive to film any of it here. So mm-hmm. they literally did all of it in Australia. Yeah, because it would have been uh, hundred hundred. I think they said 125 million dollars to film it here. No, you're wrong because that's one of my <laughs> lightning round questions. But you know, anyway, now well, I get to cr- scratch that one off. Well, we should, not, see. See? Oh, we should probably do it now, but I wanted to get through the last couple things. Well, yeah, so. get, get through your last couple things. The, the last couple things I just had was the film was produced by Joel Silver, mm-hmm. who is a big deal producer for a lot of our action movies that we've talked about. Um, and then I, I guess the like the type of movie this is, that there's a lot of people that call it that cyberpunk. Which, yeah, yeah. Which I find that an interesting name. For those that don't know, cyberpunk is trying to be sci-fi-ish. But then your characters are kind of like rebels, renegades, punks type of deal. 
So there are genres of cyberpunk movies like Blade Runner they throw in there. Right. And probably some other ones I'm missing right now. Oh, sure. Yeah. So cyberpunk. <laughs> I, I mean, this movie borrows heavily from um, from anime films. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And that's what they said, like, that they were really inspired by, like, a sure. lot of, like, the, the action sequence and stuff in anime films, like Akira and stuff like that, that that's yep. what they were trying to emulate in a lot of the stuff. Ghost in the Machine on. was a yeah. big one influence for them as well. Was a lot of the stuff they were trying to emulate when they did those action sequences. Mm-hmm. And this is also coming on the heels of the goth culture yeah. that had developed in the early 90s. Well, and then there was a lot of controversy at first, too, because this movie came out at the end of March in 99. Columbine was in April. Right. And we have the famous scene at the end when they're all in the trench coats with all the guns and whatnot. Right. I remember as a student that people were trying to shift blame into this movie yeah, for a brief period there, of time. There was, yep. a, yeah, there was a lot of that. I do remember that. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and then the other thing with the Wachowski brothers is this is definitely a, a bit of a homage. They were huge fans of... Hong Kong action movies, yeah, which is a lot of John Woo in this for sure um, that you can see, and then we'll probably touch on it a little bit later. But the wire foo, as they famously sure. call yeah. it today. Um, all right, let's do our lightning round. We're doing it early today. All right, all right. Give me my music. <laughs> okay. oh, I can't even remember where you put it at. Uh, man, you're the worst. We are going to be talking about some other music too. I think it's this one. <clears throat> there you nope. go. That yep. is it. Go. Damn it, LPJ. All right, you guys ready? Yes. All right. I thought you guys would be doing a lot of research on this, so I tried to make them a little bit trickier, but we'll see how you guys do, all right? Okay. Question one. What classic PlayStation 1 game did the Wachowskis start playing as soon as they finished filming The Matrix? Metal Gear Solid. That's correct. (laughs) (laughs) Number two. What two languages are used to show the green code of the Matrix? Uh, it's d- Japanese, no, Chinese, and no, Japanese, and, mm-hmm. um, <laughs> and Latin. <laughs> Latin is correct. It's but a- you guys don't get half points, so neither of you got it right. Number three, in Greek mythology, Morpheus is the god of what? Dreams. Correct. Yep. I was going to say that, but Joe, we did in the well, that's the whole point. It's called a <laughs> oh, lightning round. So I because I had the other answer too. I know. So you're tied one to one. In the first 45 minutes, Neo has 80 lines of di- dialogue. How many of those are questions? Uh, <laughs> are you looking for the number of lines? Number of lines or questions of the 80? 70. 18. 44, so I don't know who's, I guess, Joe's closer, I guess. Price is right rules. Uh, Price is right rules, maybe. That's about one per minute. (laughs) (laughs) He's asking a question. Number five, what is the name of Neo's employer? Oh, uh, uh, um, meta. Meta. Has to do with the brain. Yes, um, meta cortex. That is correct. All right. Six, how long did the, uh, the what do you call them, the actors, that's the word, how long did the actors train in martial arts for the Four film? Four months. That's correct. <laughs> yeah, suck it, yo! <laughs> Seven, on what date will Neo's passport expire? Ugh. <laughs> it's a really infamous date. That 20, soon hap- that soon happens after the movie. Sep- September 11th, 2001. It, it is. And then you didn't get it right, so I'm going to do it anyway. The movie budget was $60 million because it was filmed in Australia, but how much would it be if it was filmed in the U.S.? $180 million. Yep. It's $180 million. You were too <laughs> far behind, unfortunately. We're going to have to <laughs> yeah. give this round to LPG. I did. I got, I got, I got thwumped. So. Yeah. That's okay. All right. It's, it's all right. I'll, you guys did pretty good. So you did do some homework. Of course. I'm happy. Yeah. I mean, it was like <laughs> 20 minutes ago, but yeah. Fair enough. <laughs> all right. Um, um, oh, go sorry. ahead. No, I was going to say music next, to be honest, unless there was something else. Well, but I just I wanted to talk a little bit because we talked about the uh, the budget being sixty three million. I have the domestic gross of this at one hundred and seventy one million, uh, and a worldwide of four hundred and sixty three million. So definitely a big return on investment for the studio on this one. Sure. Um, so here's something for you: The Matrix uh, for the top grossing films of nineteen ninety nine. This movie came in fifth. Out of all the movies that year, do you guys think you could take a stab just quickly at anything else in that top four? Yes. Was 99 Phantom Menace? Yes. Phantom Menace Phantom was the top grossing film of 99. Yep. And then uh, there was a, I think there was a Jurassic Park movie that year too, wasn't there? 
There might have been, but it wasn't in the top five. All right. Uh, what else was 99? Um, One of them was a big hit film, big Bruce Willis film. Oh, uh, shit. It's not a Die Hard. Um, we saw it, LPJ, in the theaters. I know that doesn't narrow it down. It's not that stupid one with Matthew Perry, is it? No. <laughs> it's a Bruce Willis film that's <laughs> not a diehard that we saw in theaters. Yes. Is it one of the M. Night? Oh, is it? yeah. It was uh, Unbreakable. Unbreakable. No, it's The Sixth Sense. Oh, oh it's The Sixth Sense. Oh, Sixth Sense. Oh. So yeah, the, the, yeah, six, yeah. the Sixth Sense was two, three was Toy Story 2, okay. and oh, four right. was Austin Powers, The Spy Who Shagged Me. Yep. So. Wow, two sequels in there, huh? <laughs> yeah. yeah. So. Interesting. Okay. Cool. Uh, the music? So we have Don Davis that did our um, score. Score, thank you. Mm-hmm. Uh, we've got. I think we have the intro, don't we? LPJ. Yep. So, yeah, it's kind of like the main, the main theme, main title theme. Yeah. So let's go ahead and go ahead and give this a listen. So that should sound familiar because I believe that is constant. You know, that's used within the trilogy as well. So, yeah, as yeah, and it's used in big moments too, like that that horn blast. Mm-hmm. They do that a lot, especially in scenes where kind of the matrix is being manipulated. Yeah, or when they're doing like a panning out into like the yeah. sky or mm-hmm. something like that, mm-hmm. or when in the other movies Neo's flying. I feel like that's a common part that they do that too. Uh, and then we are going to do the. Uh, ending credit song, which is a song that I love. Uh, we've got Rage Against the Machine with the fitting title of Wake Up. Sorry, I wanted to wait for Zach LaRocca to come in. <laughs> the look on both your guys' faces is like, can we just listen to this whole song? That's exactly I really, what I didn't really want <laughs> Love it, man. Tom Morello killing the guitars. Great bass line. Yep. Love it. Love the rage. <clears throat> um, of the four uh, Academy Awards this movie won, two of them do go to sound. So sound and sound effects at one. Do you guys know what the other two were? Uh, I, it's not a pop quiz, but I do know what they are. I don't think it was visual effects. <laughs> it was visual effects. Did they win? Visual they effects. beat sound mixing, visual effects, film editing, and sound editing. Oh. Yeah. Yep. So that's what we got there. Um, quickly running through the cast. Yes. Yes. I, uh, yeah. <laughs> I mean, I don't know if we want to talk about. Do you want to talk about the visual effects real quick, or do we get to do that later? Yeah, I guess we are bringing up the awards. We so might as well. We should talk about the visual effects. We, we absolutely should sure. because this film was revolutionary. Oh, for sure. In the fact that they created, well, they, they didn't, they didn't. They created bullet time. Mm-hmm. So they call it the Gata effect, named after John Gata, the guy who kind of developed this. But this technique isn't actually a new technique. It was actually an old technique that they had modified and, and, and created bullet time from it. 
Yeah, I saw it was like in like in photography they mm-hmm. would use this, but Correct. maybe the first time they did it like in film from what I saw. Um, so yeah, they were just a, a adapting you know one old method and, and putting it into well, film. Well, the original method was the object was stationary and didn't move, mm-hmm. and then they would just have multiple shots of the stationary object. Here, it's your object is moving as well as the camera's perspective in slow motion um, to create that bullet time effect. So that's what that's where the modification comes in. Gotcha. Yeah, and the importance of it is is I remember just so many movies afterwards. Yeah, mocking it, using it, making fun of it. Yeah, all sorts of stuff. Quiz, hot shot. By the end of two thousand two. Okay. How many films featured the Gata effect? I don't. Uh, I didn't. Major look, motion pictures I, released. I, in I feel like I saw this, but I can't quite remember. I'm going to say twenty. I did not find this, so I'm gonna I'm gonna double that. I'm gonna say maybe like 40, 45. It was twenty two. Okay. okay. So twenty two films <laughs> added this in. And that doesn't include things like video games like Max Payne yeah. or TV shows. It was a real like cultural like thing. Like it was like bullet time bullet 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 time, yeah. Bullet time became part of like the lexicon. Like, it absolutely that was like did. it was something you heard and knew and instantly like connected to this movie. Still to this day. And it's still like a technique that people still use, but it, it's kind of crazy that like it didn't really exist, <laughs> at least in this form until this movie. Yeah, yeah, I'm even thinking like scenes in the Avengers where they do the slow motion type of deal. I'm sure that's using the bullet time and mm-hmm. you oh, I'm know, sure, yeah, constant examples of that happening throughout the films for sure. Yeah. Um, the other thing I wanted to bring up, I guess, was maybe a little bit of the. The story, but like where the ideas were borrowed from, because this one of the main reasons why I love this movie is the way it makes you think and the way that it likes to take like philosophy and and kind of rework it in this new storyline that they're using essentially. So LPJ, you kind of briefly mentioned this, um, but you had the Wachowskis. They required the main cast to read a philosophical treatise that was from a French philosopher in the 1980s uh, called Simucara and Simulation. Not going to go over all of the details of it, but it is pretty neat because I was kind of digging down the rabbit hole, which is ironic enough with the movie we're talking about. Fair enough. Um, And it's kind of interesting, and it is borrowing a lot of... You know, what we see in the movie in terms of reality and what is actual truth and that kind of stuff is brought up a lot in there. It's ultimately talking about like symbols. Um, we we kind of replace what we see in our world with symbols that we see in the world instead. And then eventually we get so tied to them that they're not really they just warp the reality. And we don't even know what we know reality is anymore type of deal. I know. Right. <laughs> like bizarre I- shit. I had to, I kept thinking while I was watching this that this had to be freaking you out based on our conversations about Terminator and Terminator Two and your your fear of AI. I was like, oh no! Oh, you're absolutely right. <laughs> like maybe this is where it stems from. It, it could be <laughs> to be, be honest, because I I probably saw Matrix before I saw Terminator. I would think probably because <laughs> again I was 13 when this came out. I feel like I saw the Terminators when I was in high school. So there we go. We've gotten to the root of your fear of our AI <laughs> because that's, you know, it's interesting, too, that there is a lot of that similarity. Yeah. Of Terminator, and and right? it was because we were I was watching this like relatively soon after we watched T2. And I was like, you know, a lot of the kind of the ideas of, you know, machines taking over and gaining life and that sort of stuff are kind of they're along the same lines in this. So I thought that was interesting that we had watched them so close together. So yeah. is Terminator a prequel to the Matrix? <laughs> Ooh. But yeah. well, the AI takes over. They they have different ideas of what they're going to do with well, humanity, sure. though, for sure. So well, maybe it changes because because yeah. I, I in it, technically, what is the the actual year that this movie takes place? It's like way it's twenty one ninety nine. Yeah, yeah it's way in the future. Yeah, yeah. So hey, maybe they gave up on that old sending people back in time. They're like, let's try something different. Let's just make everyone batteries. <laughs> yep. Two other quick philosophical things I do want to bring up. I'm sorry, I'm just going to do it. <laughs> Descartes, way back in the day writes what's known as the first meditation, which he states that the perceived world might be an illusion and that we just live in it. Okay. Yeah. That, okay. oddly enough, is also the plot to uh, 
uh, The Legend of Zelda Link's Awakening. Is it really? And just, a, just a heads up. I've never played it. Wrong <laughs> podcast. <laughs> sorry, sorry. We're not doing the crossover tonight? <laughs> no. oh, sorry, guys. You guys could go. <laughs> so I'm sorry, not tonight. The, the last one is Kant. Philosopher Kant. Okay. He had a critique of pure reason that people come to know the world through synthetic means, which makes it difficult to discern truth from falsely perceived truths. Ugh, I can't even. <laughs> Good work. I like that. <laughs> and I find this interesting because near the end of the movie, you've got Agent Smith talking to Morpheus about the first Matrix that failed, right? which is kind of adopting this way. That the the first world that they created was too perfect, and people were constantly trying to find like why this isn't right, which he just kind of destroyed themselves type of deal. Yep. So yep. and and Kant is firmly in that. So I just love how there's all of this philosophy. You know, there's Plato's allegory of the cave. It's something I actually teach in my classes. So I love that you can definitely see. You know, ignorance is bliss, as Cypher says later on in the film, and things like that. I don't know. This no. this is really what makes me love this movie. Is I love all of Nerd. <laughs> it, it. Really no. is. I am. I'm kind of nerding out. I'm no. sorry. And, and well, listen. I and I will say. I mean, obviously, I'm not into it as much as Finks, but I, I do find it fascinating that they had such. I mean, the vision and that they had to have, you know, and the the commitment and everything they put into this, like this movie, I think that's, it's kind of crazy to think that they had all this going, you know, when they were putting the script together and all these ideas and stuff. So I think that's, it's it's such, so ambitious and that they're able to put all this stuff together in a movie that like succeeds on a lot of levels as far as like it has all this philosophy stuff and all this deeper thinking stuff, but also you can just go and see and it's like, hey, People are shooting people, and so I think it succeeds on a lot of levels. But I think it's interesting that they had all that. Do you think that additional level of 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 storytelling makes this film more timeless than others? Yes, because especially by the time we hit the late nineties, you've got your action movies. There's so many out there. Sure, the movie is creating new, innovative ways to do action movies, but. I, I don't know, like these debates that I just brought up, talking about Descartes and Kant, these are guys 100, 200 years ago, you know, that are bringing these up. So as I film, mean, as a, I feel like this can also be more everlasting I, by using that story. See, here's my thing, and I think maybe those ideas are, but I mean, and, and we'll get into more of our final opinions on this, but I'm just going to say that as great as this movie is, it feels dated to me at this point. Like watching it now, I'm like, this really? is a movie firmly in with the soundtrack and some of the stuff with the the costuming and stuff like that i'm like this is firmly in the 90s for me you know the late 90s i don't i don't know it for me it doesn't necessarily reach timelessness Time. <laughs> no, you're right. Time mean, yeah. it, it doesn't quite reach it for me. I mean, I don't, I don't necessarily hold that against it. But to me, I was like, yeah, this movie is from the late '90s when I watch it. But does it feel like it's the late '90s because everything after that emulated this movie? Um, I don't know about that. Okay, I mean, maybe not for me, but I think a case could be made. Okay, fair enough. The only thing I think tarnishes this movie is the two films that go after it, unfortunately, yeah, which I, we're not here to really talk yeah, about those. I, I will, but. Yeah, I, and I've seen, I saw the second one. I remember seeing that in the theaters, and I've never seen the third one because I've never had anybody tell me anything positive about the third one. I've seen all three, and I didn't think the second and third one were terrible, but they definitely weren't at the same level of this movie. This movie was, for whatever reason... Do you, do you think it was a case of with the second and the third one that their vision just got the best of them, that they were too ambitious and they they were just too big of ideas? And like, like, do you think that was the case that they just kind of were like, I, I we're going to do whatever we want in these sequels and kind of maybe got away from what made it the first time work so well? Know. And I, I think sure. this movie got so big, too, that they felt like they had to one-up it. You know what I mean? Like, they had to come up with ways to make it better and then... You know, the issue I have with the other two is that things feel rushed and they don't they don't look as good from what I remember. Like I remember clearly noting the CGI um yeah. from the other two movies. Well, like it, they just because they filmed it, both of them one right after another too. The well, second and the third yeah, one. Yeah, the second and third one were filmed well, back well, back. well my question is and and I don't know if you guys know this answer and we don't have to spend too long in it, but obviously they had a big vision for the first one. They spent a long time developing it. Did they have, were they like, this is three movies or were they like, this is a movie and then they're like, oh crap, we got to make sequels. I think that's what it was. And then they're like, let's do this and that's why it didn't come out as well. I, well, because the second and the third movie don't feel as deep as this one does. Correct. They feel a lot more superficial and 
I mean, essentially, they laid so much groundwork in the first movie that there is no way for them to lay an equal amount of groundwork in the other two because they kind of already ex- not explained everything, but they kind of like the, the the rabbits the rabbits out of the hat at that point. Like, right. there's nothing left to reveal. Right. I think that they had an outline of continuing the story, I, knowing these the two of them and how smart they are in getting all of this done. I think they did have a vision for the end, but again, I think it was more of a rush because there are some pieces in this film that you know, there's again going back to that Agent Smith scene. You know, you something's not right with that guy. With with all of the Sentinels in the Matrix, you know, doing whatever, like he is you know, he takes the mic off. He doesn't know what's going on. He's having this conversation with Morpheus about how he hates this planet. He needs to get out. He personally needs to destroy Zion. So you know that something's quite different with him. And, that you know, the other two movies do go deeper into that. Um, well, but, but, yeah. And I and I think kind of to speak, uh, to speak to what you were saying, LPJ, if I remember correctly, kind of like the marketing and ads for this, like that was the thing. It was like a mystery. Like people didn't, you didn't know like what the Matrix was. What I mean, it, like it didn't yeah, spell it out for you. It, in the what stuff. is the Matrix is one of the big taglines. Right. So it was kind of like that was the big reveal. So like you said, kind of once, all right, we did this first movie. Everybody knows like what it is. Where do you go from there? You know, that was your big hook and everyone already knows it. So. And that's also what I love about the movie is it it takes time to finally realize what the Matrix is. And me personally, and I am curious how the two of you feel about it, like it does take a while to finally realize what this world is all about. But even not seeing this movie in a while, like I was still like I was engaged. Like I did not feel like I was bored getting through that first 45, 50 minutes of figuring out what the Matrix was all about. <laughs> Like it, um, it kept kind of bringing me in. I'm, I, I might, don't know that I didn't feel bored, but I might have a slightly different opinion. But yeah, I, I'll no. save it more toward. I've <laughs> seen I've seen this movie so many times that it's one of those ones where it doesn't continue to surprise me. See that it did for me this time around because again I think it's probably been a decade since I've watched this movie. I mean, because this is another one of those movies that we talk about a lot that I think it had a time where it was on TV all the time, and yeah. now it's kind of, like, disappeared. Yeah. Like, I can remember the last time I've seen it on TV, or, or any of them, even if the other ones I saw on TV, I probably would keep moving, but... <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, I don't really remember seeing it on TV recently. Yeah. One of these days, I'll, I'm going to just force myself to watch the third one just out of curiosity. I know there's, like, a big flying, like, Dragon Ball Z-like fight in it or something, I yeah. believe. <laughs> no, so, I, so, yeah, I think you should. I think you should definitely see it. I was gonna say. So after finishing watching this one, it didn't get you to be like, I really want to see the next one again. No, no, <laughs> All right. no. it did for sure for me. Like even though I know the other two aren't as good, I'm like, well, I really kind of want to watch them. But that's just me, <laughs> apparently, of the three of us. It clearly, it clearly <laughs> is. All right. You want to get cast? Oh, going back to the cast. I was yeah, about we to haven't get even right gotten that. We, got we are 33 minutes in this podcast. We have not even gotten the cast yet. But well, we had a lot of I good think, stuff. I think the lucky thing is for this one, we don't necessarily need to do the the bit by bit. We no, can, we, we, we can kind of hit on the highlights. Yeah. So, but um, so the cast, um, obviously Keanu Reeves as Neo, uh, Lawrence Fishburne as Morpheus, uh, Carrie Ann Moss as Trinity, um, Hugo Weaving. Agent Smith, love Hugo Weaving. This is actually kind of his big breakout. So good in this yeah. movie. He's been in so much since this too. This is like oh, put absolutely. him on the map. This really did. The Red Skull, mm-hmm. all the all Lord the Lord of the Rings movies. movies. Yeah, um, and yeah, then because he followed this with the Lord, Lord of the Rings. Rings yeah, because yeah, that was like two thousand. Like first back one came to back. Out. Yeah, yeah. Um, and then the other person I have of note is uh, Joey Pants. Yep, Joe Pantoliano. Yes, yep. thank you. Uh, did you want to buzz through some net worth quickly yep. while we're talking about the cast? Okay. Um, hey, hey, hit hit the music. Come on now. <laughs> sorry, sorry. Thank you. There you go. Um, so let's just buzz through these quick. What do you guys think for uh, Joey Pants? Joey Pants, I think, is having a rough time right now. I'm going to put him at $3 million. Okay. Sphinx? Five. $8 million for oh. Joey Pants. Okay. Uh, what do you think for Hugo Weaving? We talked about he's been in a lot of big movies. He has been in a lot of big stuff. I'm going to put him at $30 million. Okay. I'm putting him way lower. I'm going to say like 10 First ever, 100% correct answer, $30 million. Damn. Yeah, lightning uh, rod, bitch. <laughs> next, <laughs> next, Carrie Ann Moss. She just did uh, Daredevil, right? She yeah, but it's Netflix. But I'm sure she didn't get paid that much. I'll say, I'll say five million. Okay, I'll say three. 
Three million. Oh, look at that, fucker. All right. <laughs> okay. Uh, <laughs> Lawrence Fishburne. Ooh. Ooh, Larry Fish. Been making movies for a while. And he's on TV. Yeah. I'm going to say 50 million. Okay. I'm going to say 40. 20 million. Oh. And then uh, last but not least, uh, Keanu Reeves himself. I bet he's got some money. I'm thinking 100 million. Okay. I don't think he's that high. I'm going to say 75. You guys are both low. $360 million. Oh, damn. Yeah. Well, I That's mean, like Schwarzenegger level, isn't it? Yeah. From what we were just doing it well, Think about it. He's probably made a ton of money off these Matrix yeah. ones. Ton of money off the John Wick movies now. Yeah. So, and he just yeah. probably seems like a guy who's like a smart investor, I feel ton like. Ton of money probably. off of Bill and Ted. Yeah. No, he might have made a ton of money off Bill and Ted. You don't know at this point. Yeah. He so. doesn't do a lot of movies, but the ones he does. Yeah, are pretty he, big. Yeah, they're big. And it's. I, I kind of said it our very first episode when we talked about speed. I don't find him to be a great actor. Like, even in this movie. Like, I joked about well, how half of his lines in the first half of the movie, he was just asking questions. I think he, I think I he, know. I think he's good. I think he does what he does. I think he's good. Yeah. At, I think he's good at what he does. In the same way that Schwarzenegger is good at what Schwarzenegger does. I, I think, you know what's interesting now, just kind of thinking about this now, we don't have to get into it too much, but like, there's almost like, like this ma- these Matrix movies like kind of came out of nowhere with him, and it's almost kind of the same thing with like John Wick. Like, that Absolutely. Was, that was a movie yeah. with like not a lot of fanfare that came out and became this huge thing. Yeah. Where it's like, mirrors the same thing with the Matrix. I mean, obviously they're two different movies and, and you know. But, but I think the difference is the, the, mo- the Matrix movies were were a product of the fact that they were so revolutionary. I think the John Wick movies were made, you know, were were they they found their success because of Keanu Reeves. I, would I think say that's that the too. difference. Yeah. Do we know how old he is? Is he like pushing fifty now? I would say be, right? yeah. I, be, I don't yeah. have that in my notes, but I would think probably yeah. I can find yeah. out real quick. Well, I was gonna say, kind of talking about the cast a little bit. Maybe we should jump right into the role reversal. You ready to do that, LPJ? Yes, hold on. He is 54. All right. He's going to have a big big summer. John Wick 3, he's a voice in Toy Story 4. He is. Mm-hmm. Um, and there's a rumor, LPJ, you'll be interested in this, there's a rumor that he is actually the main guy pulling the strings in the Hobbs and Shaw movie and that he's going to be a big Fast and Furious villain. That will be tremendous if that's <laughs> the case. There is also just news today, um, they that we're recording, that there's now talk of a Matrix 4. I saw that, yeah, yeah they, because the guy that directed uh, John Wick 3 was like the stunt guy for all the Matrix movies, and yeah. he said that apparently there was always talk of them doing like another one, but apparently the Wachowskis are involved, and it's like a serious thing. So I, I read that today, too. Yeah. But we'll see what that means being so far away from the last one. But Roll reversal. Okay. Let's do it. <laughs> We're going to give that maybe another week. <laughs> I kind of like it. It's just a nice break in the action. We'll see how it goes. All right. So I'm going to tell Dada you hate this thing. He already knows. <laughs> uh, so for Morpheus, what's funny here is we had a couple a couple names that are kind of flip-flop. Like they didn't really specifically say which exact character. So they, so we like, for example, we got Val Kilmer for Morpheus. No. We also got Val Kilmer for Neo. For Neo. I don't like Val Kilmer for Neo. I don't mind him for Morpheus. Oh, I feel okay. the opposite. I think he could <laughs> maybe pull off a Neo, but definitely not Morpheus. Ninety nine, maybe. Uh, so for Morpheus again, Gary Oldman. Yes, maybe. Yeah, mm-hmm. I could see that. Sam Jackson. <laughs> I, I don't think so. I think no, he's a little too, too edgy. His, yeah. yeah, his energy. He, do, he he's not like calm enough. I think no. to be Morpheus. <laughs> I, I couldn't see that energy. He'd be shooting motherfuckers everywhere. <laughs> Russell Crowe. No. no, I think I could see Russell Crowe. I don't like it. I think I could see it. I wouldn't say it would be. It wouldn't be better, okay. but I could see it. You uh, and uh, so for Neo, you uh, and McGregor. You and McGregor actually turned down the role. Well, wasn't he bit too busy with the prequels? Star Wars, that's right, right yeah. to do Star Wars. Yep. Um, I uh, maybe. Yeah. That one's a, that's not too much of a stretch for me. Brett, he, does he have any previous action any, roles? Anything? Yeah. Who? Uh, McGregor. McGregor? Uh, maybe in uh, maybe in the UK. I don't think no, so. Not really. I mean, he kind of broke with Train Spotting, yeah. but and then okay. I think then I think pretty soon after that is when he did the Star Wars movie. Yeah. So so he just wasn't a big enough guy yet. I don't think I think that would have hurt the movie. Right. Uh, Brad Pitt. Yes. I think he would have been good. 
Yeah, I could see that, especially that that in, in 99. I could sure. see that. I do think he would have been a little bit more dominating, though, because I do feel like it, it's Lawrence Fishburne that dominates this movie for me. Yeah. Um, He's but the, I feel like you the throw alpha. Brad Pitt in there, he would be the alpha, which I think would also change the story a little bit. Yeah. Uh, Johnny Depp. Uh, maybe I'm not a big Johnny Depp fan. So I heard I he actually was signed on, right? And then he something was. happened. Yep, yeah, he couldn't do it. Yeah, I, I, I think Reeves is better, but I could see Johnny doing it. And the other big one, which has been in the news lately, uh, Will Smith. Yeah, yeah. So it, it, so the story goes, it initially was going to be Will Smith as Neo and Val Kilmer as Morpheus, and then um, Will Smith turned it down to do Wild Wild West <laughs> for whatever reason, and then so at that point they recast. Val Kilmer as well. Yeah. Um, the other, which is interesting too, because Will Smith's wife is in the other two. Yes, she's um, one of the other mm-hmm. revolutionary leaders. Yep. Uh, so then for Trinity, we have Gillian Anderson. Mm. Ooh. I don't think she would have been very good action wise. No. And then Sandra Bullock, who had that the role, would have been weird with yeah. Reeves. <laughs> and she, no, that was the thing. She I turned know, it but... down before Keanu Reeves was cast, oh. and she said later on, had he been cast, she would have said yes. Really? Yeah, because she loved working with him. That's fine, but I think that would have made the movie suck. All I would have been waiting for is a bus to go under 55 miles an hour. Pop quiz, hot shot! Which that's what that movie's from, so there you go. <clears> what famous from. singer was cast in a major role, but never actually filmed a single scene. Oh, uh, Michael Hutchinson uh-huh. from NXS. He killed himself. Before. He killed yeah. himself three days after he found out he got the role. Whoops. <laughs> <laughs> well, maybe not a whoops. I, I, wonder what, I wonder what he would have been. I don't know. In a major role. I mean, maybe I Cypher? Was, I, was, I think he would have been one of the other, just the other agents. Could he have been one of the no, agents? No, I think maybe? he would have been one of the um, other people in the crew. I don't know. On the Nebuchadnezzar. It said a major role, so I'm thinking it had to be like an agent or... Was he Agent Smith? Oh, maybe. Maybe he was. Yeah, maybe. Maybe. Because Hugo Weaving was cast late. Could be. I mean, we'll never know. We'll never know. know. I guess Reeves got hurt before the movie even started. Did you see that? Yeah, he had neck fusion surgery. I don't know what he did, but yeah, he had to have neck fusion surgery, Uh so that's why he... um, he only kicks a couple times because yeah, he, he couldn't physically kick. couldn't do it. Yep. So I thought that was fun. It was fun. Yeah. <laughs> um, all right. So, I mean, the plot, we'll just do that real quick. It's it's intense, right? <laughs> I mean, there's a lot to say, but. All right. Do you guys want to sum it up or you want me to just try and do um, a quick one? Uh, who, uh, yeah. Whoever thinks, I, I might have a bad time. Bad, I can summarize it. You guys have a hard time being quick. Yeah, that's true. I will give it. So that here's one. essentially what it is, right? <laughs> Neo is a hacker. He is searching for the answer to who is Morpheus. He's trying to find Morpheus. So there's all these, these these little hits of Morpheus on the internet. He's trying to figure out who he is. He is approached by Trinity, uh, and Trinity says, we can, we can take you to Morpheus. So Trinity leads him to Morpheus, and Morpheus says, you have an option. You can live in this world, or you can come with me. Take and Mor- the blue says pill the blue pill or, or the, the red, red pill. pill. And he takes the blue pill, I believe, right? He takes the red pill. Red the pill. red. Sorry, pill. he takes red the red pill. pill. I can never get that. As straight. he says, take the red pill. You stay in Wonderland. See how far the rabbit hole goes. Yes. So he takes the red pill and wakes up. What he wakes up to is a world in which the people, the humans, have been subjugated by the the machines, the AI who has taken over the planet, and they're Something growing else. humans as batteries to power themselves. So I guess the human body generates so much electricity and they're using that to, to power the, to mach- the machines. And to keep the people satiated, they created this virtual world called the Matrix, which is what everybody actually lives in. So Morpheus wakes them up and then they go on a quest essentially to um, um, stop the Matrix. Can we, yes. Can we, can we talk about real quickly his ship? What, what does he say that his ship is, though? I believe his ship is... A hovercraft. hovercraft. It's a hovercraft. Hovercraft drone. Why don't we have horns? <laughs> yeah, we need like the air horn. We yeah, do we need do. air horns. <laughs> <laughs> hovercraft. <laughs> so I was super excited when he said that. I know. <laughs> I, I almost was called awesome. you. I'm like, dude, you said hovercraft, Joey. <laughs> Joey, did uh, you make this movie? <laughs> this movie has a ton of religious 
um, what's the word I'm looking Symbolism. for? Symbolisms and whatnot. Yeah, it's got all kinds um, of involved in, and including the Nebuchadnezzar. Sure. Do you know anything about your Bible history? Who King Nebuchadnezzar is? No, I don't. Uh, I read it, but I don't remember what it is now. Nebuchadnezzar is famous for having a dream he can't remember, and he keeps searching for an answer. There it is. And that's essentially what the whole plot of the uh, movie is. Well, you're missing another big part, though. Okay. What does Morpheus tell Neo he is? The one. Correct. Right. Which is his name, just mixed around. Was Neo that and one. Yeah. Amagram or whatever? Anagram, yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's why I said amagram, right? No, anagram. Anagram. Anna, oh, N, not M. So yeah. Anagram. Close, though. Are you sure it's an N? Yes. Really? You're questioning me? <laughs> and yeah. not your own your own intelligence? <laughs> anyway. So, yeah. I mean, the the thing is that he, once he gets told what the Matrix is, he then is to see the Oracle, and she is supposed to give information about whether or not he is the one. And so, like, Morpheus is banking everything on him being the one. In fact, that and is, what is, that what is, does that mean? The that one means... Morpheus's job actually like he's been told by the oracle that he will find the one the, the right. one the one that is prophe- prophesized to be the one he can basically bend the matrix to his will is how they describe it like he can make it do whatever he wants right and free the humans right yeah. which and again it, takes on that symbolism of being like a jesus christ or buddha or something of that notion which i think they go a little too hardcore on that in the other movies but well and what was interesting in the other movies is spoiler alert he doesn't ever beat the machines. No. He just, they just come to some agreement. Yeah. To, I don't know. Yeah. People are still in the Matrix at the end. Sorry to ruin it for you, Joe. I don't know. <laughs> I, I, really, I, I, I passed this first one. I remember the second one had like a really cool car chase and like a weird rave scene at the yeah. Human City. Yeah. Those are really the main things that stick out with me. Yep. And now those were the scenes too when I was in the theater. I'm like, what the fuck is going on right now? Yeah, for sure. And so another part of the plot that we get is Cypher, one of the guys that was also woken up, is tired. Uh, oh, of, oh, you mean Judas? <laughs> right? Yep. <laughs> is tired of his life and he wants to go back to the Matrix and he doesn't care that the Matrix isn't real because his life kind of sucks, which I do want to bring that up. How do you feel about that? Do you think uh, Cypher's kind of got an idea based on who, you know, what he ends up waking up to and we see in the movie what they're going through in reality? It's super shitty. Right? <laughs> like, would you be kind of like having the deal with the devil as well and be well, like, you know what? If you're going to erase my memory and I don't remember the horrible shit I'm about to do, but I get to... What is he saying? It you know, he wants make, to be, make me rich. Yeah, he wants to be rich, and yeah, he doesn't want to have any memory of what happened. Yeah. And but this is the central question then: if if given the opportunity, like, I guess in this point, what what's so bad about the Matrix then? Exactly. That would, yeah, and that's I mean that's right. The central crux of the whole movie is like, <laughs> why is it such a bad thing? Could, I, mean, I don't know. I guess it's supposed to be like because you're giving up your free will without having a choice to decide if you want to or not. But what, you're not. You have free will within the realm of the Matrix. But the Matrix isn't real, and you're born into it. But what is reality? Well, that's that whole allegory of a there cave then, right? <laughs> like you find yourself, the reality that is given to you, you think is real until you're told otherwise. Yeah. And in Plato's allegory of the cave... They do what Cypher does. In the story of the allegory of the cave, the people are so pissed that they find out what actually happens is they threaten to kill the guy that tells them. Yeah. And that's the allegory. So. I, I would mean, rather stay in the Matrix, to be honest with you. I mean, I think I would We might be too. in the Matrix for all we know. Okay. Yeah. Right? We're, we're in the Matrix and we're forced <laughs> to make this podcast. Right? That's, ooh, man. That's, that's <laughs> a mind blown right there, too, right? Inception level. That sure is. Meta. Love it. Um, <laughs> I got a sidetracked. I'm sorry. No, but it's the okay. idea is that, yeah, you know, Cypher is going to end up pretty much betraying Morpheus. Um, there's a trap laid out for when they see um, the Oracle. And um, the Oracle, t- the Oracle tells Neo that he's not the one. That is correct. Um, but as Morpheus kind of says, you know, she will tell you kind of what you want to hear. Yeah. So he kind of needs to figure it out on his own that, like, wait, like, it's I need to break free type of deal. 
So I liked this one reference I saw. You know, she gives out a cookie, you know, at the end. What is a cookie on a computer? Well, it's information. Right. But what, it's did, like what did the Oracle just give him? Information. Yeah. Bam. <laughs> I just I like those hidden things. I'm a nerd, all right? I like the hidden I things gotcha. that the movie does. I just thought that was cool. Right? Um, I liked it. Well, okay. So because because of uh, his betrayal, Morpheus ends up getting captured. Yep. Um, a lot of the crew members on the hovercraft get killed. Um, so that's when they decide, Neo's like, no, we're not giving up on Morpheus. We're going to go in and save him. And him and Trinity mount this rescue mission, which is kind of the last, you know, 30, 40 minutes of the film is kind of this prolonged action sequence of them storming the headquarters of the agents, which is where you get that great famous scene of them in the, um, lobby and the guns and all that stuff. Um, there's a lot of great, uh, action scenes we, we've kind of move by quickly i mean one that i want to bring up besides that one is when he's learning all the information you know he's getting it's being like downloaded yeah. I, into his I brain i do love that scene where they're training where like uh yeah. I, I can't remember the exact quote I, I wonder if i have it here in my notes um where you oh i know kung fu yeah that's awesome but i think um <laughs> what everyone knows but when he's teaching him when he's like uh when he's like oh do you think me being like stronger or like faster than you has anything to do with me being better than you in this place and he's like do you think that's air you're breathing like uh-huh. yeah. i love that whole scene but it's it's really cool because they basically download all the 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 fighting skills like directly into his brain yeah it's a neat neat kind of scene there yeah, it's so cool. I love it. Um, uh, yeah, and then just, yeah, that whole kung fu scene in general is is great. I did write it down. Do you think these are fast muscles? <laughs> is that air you're breathing now? It's just it's just cool. I love it. I like it. Let it go. Free your mind. Um, he so, says that before he jumps the building, you know? Yeah. And then he's like, whoa. <laughs> <laughs> And so, then he doesn't make it. So, like after the lobby thing, we get the whole the whole scene with the the helicopter kind of action sequence, which is pretty sweet. With there, with he has that gun, which is like almost like that gun that Arnold has in like uh, yeah the T2, mini cannon, where he's just like firing it into the room. With that the is agents. the gun that it, okay. Yeah, it, that's what it is. It's normally a mountable gun. And that is my single thing I don't like about this movie. Morpheus's ass is dead if he's <laughs> shooting that gun that way. Oh, totally. But he lived. But I I I was a you know I let that slide. Because it was pretty awesome when all the bullet, when all the casings are like yep. just raining down and whatnot. Did you hear they almost had to shut down entire production because of that helicopter? I, I, no, I, they I, did shut down the production, and then they uh, persuaded the Australian government oh. to change the laws to allow them to fly yeah. the helicopter that close to the buildings. <laughs> Correct. Yeah, because they're in Sydney doing it, so that's crazy. Um, and, and it's of note too. Before they kind of get in the helicopter, when they're on the roof, that's when he's fighting the agent. That's when he first kind of does like the uh, yeah. the, the bullet time thing, and that's yep. when she's like, "Oh, how'd you do that? You moved like they move?" Because that's like kind of how all the agents are always moving like out of the way of stuff, and he does it. Um, which which is kind of I think one of those iconic things from the movie him on the roof kind of like oh yeah yeah <laughs> yeah that one and and then the fight with Smith at the end and then yeah. the kung fu thing right because they 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 rescue Morpheus uh, they're they're in like a subway tunnel and, and Trinity and Morpheus get out of the Matrix because that's another thing we did mention there's like these like basically they go to like telephones and that's what allows them to kind of get in and out of the Matrix. So they get out from this phone booth, but then Agent Smith shows up and stops Neo from getting out. So they have that prolonged fight, which yeah. is really sweet in the in the subway where they're kind of going back and forth, and it's just a really good fight. A lot of cool kung fu and stuff like that. Pop quiz, hot shot. How many days did it take to film the subway scene? I saw this; it was a lot, but I can't remember exactly. I want to say like fifteen or something. Yeah, I thought it was like twenty-two. A little low. It's about ten. Okay, oh, yeah. but, but it, it's it's a it's an awesome scene. Um, and I don't, I mean, I know that they, and I don't have the guy's name here, but I know they brought in somebody like, like a, the, the fight choreographer. He was a big, like Kung Fu guy. Yeah. They, I'm blanking on his name too, but he's I, a big shot. Yep. Yeah. I have it uh, somewhere in my notes. It's Wu Ping Yun yep. is what it is. Um, and the whole cat, the whole cast, they devoted four months for martial arts training, which is they, crazy. They were thinking it was going to be like a couple of weeks. It was four straight months. They had to be trained. Which, is, Which they sell it really well in the film. Because, I mean, I'm assuming none of them are coming in with well, any. Well, I think this movie is what led to Keanu Reeves' love of martial arts and why he ended up taking it up after the fact. I, I would believe that for sure. Because yeah. I know that it sounded, I remember, and I don't have anything specifically, but I know they kind of had, had to entice that guy to kind of 
come be the fight choreographer. He really didn't want to do it, but they eventually got him to kind of sign on and do it. And I think it pays off because those fight scenes, those kung fu scenes are amazing in this. Yeah, I remember reading that he was kind of skeptical about the film and how the kung fu was all going to kind of fit in there. Um, You know, we we briefly just mentioned, too, about the the whole wire kung fu, too. So all those scenes with people being elevated and all that kind of tied into the bullet stuff. So... But then we also, you know, I in that final scene too, I don't know, I just love the dialogue of of Hugo Weaving as well as Agent Smith, you know, Mr. Anderson, <laughs> as he says so many times. It's just I don't know. He's been interviewed to say that this is like his favorite role he's ever played. I could see that. He just loves the way that he acts. So in uh, in that film. So in these films anyway. So after their kind of prolonged fight um in that subway, Neo makes a break for it. He's trying to get to another phone to get out, and he's kind of cornered by the agents and he gets shot like a bunch of times but then turns out he is the one he comes back to life you get that great scene where like they fire all the bullets at him and he's just they're just kind of stopped and he's because he basically can see the matrix in like the computer code they show like his pov and it's all like the he can read the individual code that's so so he's like picking the bullets out and i love like probably my it's a quick thing but one of my favorite things is where it's agent smith right that comes out to fight him once he finds out Mm -hmm. and he's like throwing all those punches and they show him and he's just kind of like he almost looks bored he's just kind of like he puts his hand behind his back he's just kind of like ducking out of the way of him like so easily he almost looks bored and then he like he does that one like punch to his chest and just like knocks him so far backward and then basically dives into him and destroys him and like blows him up yep. and the other agents are like oh shit and they like yep. beat it out of there and that's kind of the end of the movie he gives basically like a proclamation that he's gonna they're gonna free everyone from the matrix you know we're gonna do this we're gonna take back humanity and then he flies yeah <laughs> away yeah he, he literally flies away literally, literally flies, flies away. away yeah that's the matrix that's that's the end of the that's matrix it. we did pretty good yeah I would say so. One interesting thing of note real quick that they said, and I guess I haven't seen the other two that have done this, but they said that this is the only one of the three where Neo actually uses firearms. Yeah, Yeah. I think that's right. Uh, Yeah, I think so. Which I guess would kind of make sense once you figure out he's the one. He wouldn't really need to. And and we don't have to get into this because we're already going kind of long. I know that. But I'm just curious as to because how do they handicap him? Because it seems like at the end of this one, like, what could stop him? Well, that's kind of the thing is when he when he starts battling all sorts of agents and he just can take them all down. So they end up, the, the Sentinels are creating new programs to be at him. And so I remember that's a theme in the second no, one. Like he's no, he's like, oh, new. He has he uses a computer term, new upgrades or something. He keeps yeah, calling there's them. new upgrades. But at the same time, when um, but then Smith becomes a whole new Smith, beast too. When when Neo entered Smith and blew him up from the inside. Smith's code was altered, and yeah. he became basically like independent of the Matrix. He can act kind of outside of it, and has sort of the same powers as Neo does. Okay, all right, that's yeah. fine. We don't have to get it anymore. Yeah. I was just curious. And then, and then at some point, Smith takes over a body. Yeah, and it gets kind becomes of becomes human. <laughs> like I, and yeah. yeah, like we've said, you know, the first movie I find fantastic, and then it gets kind of yeah, yeah, it gets kind of <laughs> weird after that. Yeah. <laughs> so we should probably rate this. I huh? would say so. All right, Sphinx, you want to go first or last? I think he should go last because I, I feel go like he's going to have. Um, you know, I'll go first because okay. I feel like I'm going to have a different opinion from you guys on this. Um, I hadn't watched this movie in a while. Uh, it was good to kind of revisit. Uh, this has never been, and I don't know, again, maybe it's just that thing about the time of my life when I watched it, but this is never. I enjoyed it when I saw it. I think it's a good movie. It never was a big thing for me. I've probably seen it. This is maybe the fourth or fifth time I've seen it in my life. Uh, it never was like a big, huge thing for me. I can appreciate the work that went into it. Um, I found myself this time watching it kind of just being like, Ooh, man, I really wish we could get to that last 45 minutes. <laughs> like when I knew it was really going to pick up and all that stuff, like especially at the beginning. And I, and I think the reveal just doesn't, to me, it just didn't work as well. Like the first time you see it and you don't know anything, but then afterwards I'm like, okay, well, I know all this stuff, so now i got to sit through it and have it be revealed to me. Overall, I still enjoyed it. I think the action sequences are amazing. I, I think they hold up. I think the special effects for being as old as they are, I, I think they still hold up pretty well. Um, I, I think I'll give this uh, three and a half. Okay. Um, I enjoyed this movie a lot. Um you're right, though, about enjoying it more the first time you see it. Yeah. Um, but I, I don't know that it was... I still liked it a lot. I mean, I liked all the action sequences. Uh, some of the visual effects are a little dated now, 
Yeah. Um, but they're not terrible. No, it's um, nothing horrible. But. No, no, it's not bad. Um, I, and you're right. I mean, I, I, I think this movie is kind of tarnished by the fact that the next two movies were not that good, though. I think that's part of it. I think knowing how good this was and knowing how the other two are not as good, just overall the legacy, I think, is kind of tarnished at that point. Um, but that's not what we're no, talking but, about. But it, but it still reflects on the movie as a whole, on the series as a whole, to me. All right. I I, yeah. To I, you. But I still enjoyed it. I still think people should watch it. I still think it's a good movie. Yeah. I'm going to go a little higher and give it a four, okay. which is not a bad review at all. Um, yeah, I think people should see it. I think it's a really good film. But know that, you know, the rest of the movies, you're not going to get anything nearly as good. And you're going to have a bunch of dangling threads from this movie that are never really explored in the other two that you really want to have seen. That being said, though, I think you can watch this on its own as a standalone and be like, okay, and not ever really have to explore the other two. Yeah, you're probably right about that. Because that, because this yeah. finishing this one, it wasn't like, oh, I got to go watch the other two. I was like, okay, I'm good. So, yeah. So that's no, how, okay, fair enough. Fair enough. That's how I'm taking my review on this, is I'm thinking of this movie as one. The movie did make me want to watch the other two to try to help me remember how they tried to figure out the whole rest of what they were trying to do. But I, I, I clearly, from the way I've talked, you know, this this episode, I love this movie. Um, it just meant a lot in my childhood. Um, you know, used to do stupid impersonations with the Matrix with my friends in high school and crap <laughs> like that. You know, I... I really like the philosophy, you know, the philosophical, the thinking elements of this movie. Um, like you, Joe, it is one I hadn't seen from beginning to end in quite a while, but like that gave it more enjoyment for me um, because there were different pieces of it that I couldn't remember, and I loved the dialogue that was there. So, waiting for the end with all the action to happen, like I was fine with it. I was, you know, I I knew that there was going to be that awesome you know, those awesome climax scenes that were going to appear. I, I don't know. I think it's a terrific movie. I We didn't mention it, but in 2012, this was put on the National Registry of Historic Films to be Preserved. I think this is, in terms of sci-fi, action, film, in general, this is one of the most important films, I think, that's been created in the last 50 years, to be quite honest with you. I'm giving the sucker five stars. Wow! Five machine guns. Five machine stars. guns. Five stars. Five stars. I saw. I saw that five stars coming. Five machine guns coming. I had a feeling that's where you're going. I I can't okay. see why I would even go four and a half. I just as a standalone, I love it. LPJ, you're right. The other two have their issues for sure, but as this movie by itself, I think it is an awesome, complete movie. You know, and it's it's not a five machine gun movie for me, but I wouldn't fault someone for saying sure. that. Sure, no, is. I agree. Like I said, I, I think it just didn't hit me at the right time and hasn't stuck with me, but I, I wouldn't fault anyone for five. I can see I could see it being a five star. Cool. I'm so glad. Five machine guns. So so glad you don't fault me in my ways, Joe. <laughs> well, that, that's not what we're faulting you for. <laughs> There's plenty okay. of other things, i.e. the beginning of the show. <laughs> True that. <laughs> <laughs> we got one last thing before uh, we do the business, and we that have... is our hero bracket. Is there oh, a shoot. sound for that? Should I be hitting something? We don't have a sound for that, <laughs> but maybe hero we bracket. <laughs> <laughs> you know, you were doing good bringing it back, and then you just killed it again. Oh. <laughs> we have a hell of a round today. We have Arnold as the T eight hundred in Terminator Two, up against Jason Bourne. From the Born Identity. Ooh. For a minute there, I thought you were going to say Jason Voorhees, and I'm like, I want to see that. <laughs> I do want to see that. Well, he's not a hero by Two any stretch. Two unstoppable killing <laughs> Says machines. Who? He's my hero. Well, he's kind fantastic. of the hero of Freddy vs. Jason, but he's kind of the hero in most of the movies after the second one. That's fair. Anyway, sorry. Okay, so that is our hero bracket. If you don't know what the hero bracket is, it's something that we just started a few weeks ago. Um, you get the opportunity on our Facebook page and our Twitter page to um, what Twitter? Yeah, Twitter. We're gonna do it on Twitter as well. Oh, all right, that cool. you get to hey, vote. This is your jam, man. I just no shit. I was hitting the fucking buttons, man. Yeah, sort of, kind of. <laughs> go onto our Facebook. Go onto our Twitter. You get to vote. We have a bracket here set up, um, and we're gonna see from our listeners who you believe is the top hero of all action movies. We're just doing action movies. 
So this is our third kind of bracket that we have going on here. And as a perk, because we would love each of you who've been listening to us through these this past year, because we're now past a year, aren't we? Yeah, we, are. we officially are. Congratulations. Uh, yeah, very exciting. Um, we would love to see if you'd be interested in helping us uh, and supporting us financially. So if you want to go on to patreon.com slash media, you do get an extra vote on this bracket, but then you can also help us in uh being able to do our operations here with Gamezilla Media. And Gamezilla Media offers all sorts of other things to entertain you throughout the week. LPJ, can you give a couple of examples of things that they do to entertain no. our listeners? <laughs> Hovercraft well, Joe, what do you got? <laughs> well, I mean, there's basically a podcast every day of the week. You got, on, on Mondays, you got the Gamezilla podcast. No, it's, that's where Mondays. Oh shoot! Okay. Today is Monday. There, okay. All right, you want me to just do this? <laughs> there. Yeah, maybe if you weren't a dick earlier, we would already be done with it. Just go ahead. We got last section podcast on Mondays, followed by Tuesdays. We've got the games of the week podcast. Radio announcer here. And Wednesdays we've got noobs and dragons. Thursday we've got the legend of retro retro games at its finest. Fridays we've got movie blast with Bob and Max. Saturday, is, there's nothing on Saturday, but <laughs> Sunday, we've got Noiseland Arcade starring Craig WK and the Arcade Fan. I'm talking about The Simpsons. That's correct. There you go. We also have a YouTube page where there's all sorts of videos that you can watch of our gamers. Um, our gamers also do some streaming. There's a lot of stuff you can do. Gamesofthemedia.com. See if you can help us out on Patreon. We would love it. We're going to put this episode to bed. Which makes this last action podcast terminated. But, but we'll be back. <laughs> <laughs>